welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Okay, so I want to um, talk today about um, something that I think is probably, um, it's one of the messages that I think has probably transformed my life the most. Um, and it's such a simple, simple key, but actually it has such a profound change in the way we do life. Um, at least it has for me, and, and it has for many of the people I know that have kind of applied some of these things to their lives. Um, I want to just give you a quote by a guy called Steve Backlund, who's a guy over at Bethel that I um, uh, was mentored by. He says, healthy relationships are more important than our goals and our vision. Okay, and so we all know it's important to have like big goals and big vision and dream big and go for this and that and this. I mean, God wants us to, you know, do incredible things. That's why we're here. We are incredible beings to do incredible things. But Steve says, healthy relationships are more important than your goal or vision. And so if you can accomplish amazing things, but if you don't have healthy relationships in the midst of it, you've kind of missed the point. And I would totally agree with him on that. You know, if, you know, we look at Corinthians, it says, you know, you can have all these amazing encounters and spiritual um, experiences and healings and prophecy, but if you don't love, what's the point? Um, and I think doing life well, healthy relationships is so paramount to just walking like Jesus. You know, Jesus did well in his relationships with the people around him and people were drawn to him because he was a healthy whole person that dealt with people in a healthy way. Um, and so one of the things that I found that really helped me um, in how I deal with people and how I work with people, and you may have touched on some of this in the Keep Your Love On sessions that you guys have been working through, is the topic of judgment. And I think we often think of judgment, you talk about judgment as, a, as it's known in the Bible, and we often think, okay, oh, the end times, and God's gonna sit us all down and tell us what we did right and what we did wrong, and you know, you're judged sinners, or you're judged righteous, or you go to hell, or you go to heaven. And that, there's, there's an element of judgment that exists in that concept. There's a concept of judgment for that. But I, I don't wanna talk about that, because I think that's kind of irrelevant in the grand scheme of things, because that is the end. I wanna talk about now. I want to talk about what's going on right now. And God isn't sitting up in heaven, sitting judging every action we do up in heaven right now. Um, the, the people that have judgment in their hands just now are you and me. We are the ones that judge in this moment. Um, you know, if we look at the, the scriptures, it says um, in John 5, 22, it says, moreover, the father judges nobody but has entrusted all judgment to me. And this is Jesus speaking. So he's saying, God the Father, this person that, you know, you imagine the Israelites, they were all thinking, well, God is the judge of all men and he judges us and he decides whether we're good or we're bad. And we talked about that when we looked at Romans, didn't we? Um, you know, the Israelites were very fixated on like, you know, are we good in the sight of God? Are we okay? Have we done the right things? Have we not done the wrong things? All these kind of things. Um, and Jesus says, well, look, Father God, God up there is judging nobody, I am the judge. He told me that I'm judge of everyone. That's quite a, a big statement, because can you imagine that? Like some guy, just this Jewish rabbi shows up. John, John 5, 22. Um, so some rabbi just shows up and he goes, oh, by the way, God's not judging anyone. I'm the judge of all humanity. It's like, whoa, this is quite a big statement. You know, you can see why this guy was an offensive guy. Um, but further down the line, John 12, 47, he says, look, if anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him for 
I have not come to judge the world, but to save it. So this is the Jesus who says, look, God isn't judging anybody. I'm going to be judge. God has said, Jesus, you're the judge, not me. And then Jesus turns around and says, I'm not going to judge anybody. I've not come to judge. I've come to save. So Jesus isn't judging either. It's quite interesting. But then, you know, if we look at a few other scriptures, there's, there's, there's judgment. I mean, there is judgment there, um, and there's consequences for judgment. Um, so Matthew 7, tw- uh, 7, 1 says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, it's often we think of that as, if I judge someone, then God will judge me the same way. But it's not saying that God will judge you. It doesn't say that explicitly. That's something that we read in. It doesn't say at all who's judging anyone. And Jesus has said, God's not judging you and I'm not judging you. Further on, it says uh, in Luke 6, uh, 37, 38, it says, and this is, uh, we love using these scriptures as uh, uh, scriptures for um, tithing and giving and all these things. You know, if you give, it'll be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together. But actually the context of these scriptures doesn't have anything to do with giving money. It's about judgment. Luke 6, 37, 38 says, Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, it will be put in your lap. For with the measure you use it, the me- it will be measured back to you. See, there's a truth in the scriptures that we, we miss a lot. And that is that God isn't our judge. Jesus isn't our judge. You are your judge. The degree to which you judge is the measure which you end up under your own judgment. Mm -hmm. You set the standard for how you live under judgment. And that's a scary thought because I don't know about you, but I'm really good at judging. (laughs) I'm really, really good at judging. So what is judgment? I think it's important we kind of understand what is judgment when we're talking about this, you know, um, I, I like to explain it as there's, there's two ways that you can, um, you can interact with uh, the things around you, the, the people around you, the, the things they do, the things they say. Um, you can observe and you can judge. And, and I would break those two as, as two separate things, okay? So you can observe something that happens or you observe something that is said. You know, someone says, I don't like you. You can go, oh, they don't like me. You know, that's an observement. You know, you're not judging them. You're not doing anything beyond going, oh, they don't like me. Um, But judgment is something deeper. So you can observe uh, someone walks past you and doesn't pay attention to you. And you say hello and they just walk right past you. That's an observation. They walked right past me. They ignored me. Judgment is when we go, why? As soon as we try to answer the question why, based on any observation we've made, we then step into judgment because we don't know why. We don't. And there's no way to know why. You might um, have a spectrum of options, and some options are ridiculous. You know, uh, they walk past me and ignore me because they think they're the queen fairy of the rainbow land. You know, I mean, that's very unlikely, okay? You've just made up some sort of absolutely ridiculous thing. They might have walked past me because I didn't send them a text yesterday when they texted me. That's maybe more likely, but it's still, you don't know that. That you have made a judgment. You have made up a reason for why they walked past you and ignored you. And what you have done is you have created a reality that you now live under. 
you have created something that you live under when you judge someone. When you presume to know what's going on inside their heads, you create a reality that does not exist that you then live under. You create a judgment that you have to suffer. You see, you cannot know what is going on in someone's heart or someone's mind without asking. And even then, how often people explain well or if they, if they actually say what's going on and stuff, you don't know. You, know you, just, you have to just take people at their words. But you know, we're really, really good, and especially people that think they're the God's gift to the world in discernment, um, we're really good at going, ah, oh, yes, well, I know that they're going through this and that's probably why they're doing this and this and this and this. Maybe, maybe, but you do not know. And it is dangerous, dangerous territory to ever presume you know what's going on in someone's head or heart. And that's when we step into judgment, when we presume what's going on inside. Um, you cannot know anything aside from the fruit of someone's life. Okay? You don't know the root of what's causing those fruits. And so they can be doing good things. You don't know what's going on, on the inside that's causing that. They could be doing bad things. You don't know what's on the inside that is causing that. All you know is they did that good thing or they did that bad thing. And it's okay to observe that and to be, wow, they're really screwing up right now. And they're screwing up quite often. That's an obser observation. It's not judgment. It's not judgy. Um, you're just going, huh, that person keeps lying to me. That's an observation. You, you're not judging them. You're not, you know, mess, you know, you're not stepping into unsafe territory. That's not a judgment. That's just wow, they've lied to me like 10 times this week. Each time I've caught them in a lie. That's an observation. There's, there's nothing wrong with going, wow, this person's lying to me. But the second you go, why are they lying to me? And you create an answer, you've judged. Because odds are you're wrong. So bear with me because we'll, we'll unpack all of this even more and, and we'll, we'll have time to question and answer at the end. But there's, there's no way to know what is going on in someone else's head because they don't think like you think. Um, you know, there's uh, a, a, a funny uh, quote, I'll pull it up just now. It says, you don't think like I think, but I think you do. And I think that is a perfect quote that sums up judgment, is that we think the person opposite us thinks like we think, but nobody thinks the same because everybody has been formed differently. We have all grown up in different environments, different situations, different um, families, different communities, different cultures. We've read different books. We have had different experiences. We've been, uh, some of us were bullied in school. Some of us were the bullies in school. I mean, we, we all have a vast difference in how we grew up and the way we think something through is always different to the person next to us. It might be similar, but it's still going to be different. And so the danger is when I think, what would I think in the situation they're in, it's a different thought than what they have thought. Um, and so um, we'll, we'll go back to that later, but I just want to um, touch on a couple of things. Let me give you a few examples, okay, of like how this has worked out in my life. Um, there was, uh, I talked about uh, someone walking past you and ignoring you. There was a time I was in a, a church uh, a while back. It was quite a while back now. I was probably uh, in my late teens and I was really, really was in the, I want to be a great Christian. I want everyone to know I'm a great Christian. I want my pastor to think I'm the best thing in the world and think I'm cool and, you know, think I'm like a great Christian and, you know, just really into um, all that stuff. And um, I was at church one day and, and I just really wanted people to approve me, basically is what it calls, boils down to. So I had a, a lot of issues that I had to work on. To what degree I've worked on those, I'm not sure. Hopefully a lot. Um, uh, do you all approve of me, right? Um, no. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm standing there one day at church and uh, I'm chatting to a few people and I see the pastor uh, come in the door and he's walking down the, the aisle to the front. And, and I'm, I'm like, oh, 
you know, I'm just a big suck up, basically. I turned around to him like, hi, pastor. And he just walked right past me. He didn't even look at me. He just walked right past me and went to the front. He spoke to someone, sat down on the front thing and opened his Bible and was flicking through it. And I was like, this guy is so rude. I'm like, what an ass. I hate this guy. I was like so mad because I'm like, because I really want his approval. Right. But the truth is he just totally rejected me. I mean, it wasn't he didn't hear me. I said that, you know, I was like, hi, you know, like I was right in front of him. And he just went, just walked right past me. And I was like, you are kidding me. I'm like. How rude is this guy? Who well, you think he's better than me? Like, he's like, ooh, I'm Mr. Pastor. I don't have to say hi to Phil. He's just Phil. And I'm, I'm thinking all this stuff. And I sit down and the service is going on. And we're, we're singing worship songs. And I'm sitting there thinking, this guy, look, I hate that guy. Like, who does he think? Uh, it's really, it's annoying me. Because he just didn't say hello to me or anything. Um, like, he could have said, hi, I'm busy. And then just kept moving on. But he, he didn't say anything to me. Um, and so the whole way through worship, and then he's preaching, and he's preaching this message. I can't remember what it was, but the whole time I'm like, like I'm going to listen to this guy, hypocrite, saying, like, love your front neighbors. He can't even say hi to me, you know. Or, I'm just getting so mad. I was really upset. Um, and uh, anyway, so the, the service finishes, and I think I've pretty much fizzled down. I'm still probably mad, but, like, I, I'm, I'm a bit more settled. And I'm talking to my friends at the end, and I f- feel a tap on my shoulder, and I turn around, and it's the pastor. And he's like... Hey, Phil, he's like, I'm so sorry. He's like, I only realized like halfway through worship that you had said hello to me. And he's like, I have had the worst day. He's like, you can't even imagine. He's like, I got called at about two in the morning. One of our members, a family member of theirs had been taken into hospital. They were dying. They died in the night. I was with the family all night praying with them and just being there for them. He's like, I, I got about two hours sleep. He's like, and I hadn't prepared my sermon or anything. I spent the last three hours before I got to church preparing a sermon. He said, I got in and I'm like a zombie. He said, I just went straight to the front. I was opening my Bible just to check. I was, you know, I had all my thoughts in order. And he's like, and then like, it was like 20 minutes later, he was like, oh, Phil said hello to me. And I just walked right past him. He's like, I'm so sorry. He's like, I hope I didn't upset you. I said, like, oh, no, not at all. <laughs> and I'm like, oops, right? What did I do? I judged if I had observed, oh, he walked right past me and just left it like that and maybe even said, that kind of hurt, I could say, oh, I'll talk to him later about it and why, why he did it, if he's upset with me, if he's not upset with me, what's going on. But I can just put it to the side and say, I'll talk about that with him later. Because observing doesn't necessarily cause you pain. You can be hurt. That, that's a hurtful thing. Oh, I was kind of hurt. He didn't say hello. But then you put it to the side and go, well, I don't know why, so I'm not going to choose to get upset. I'll talk to him. But as soon as I judge... Whoa, I pour on a bunch of pain. Because what am I doing? I'm, I'm allowing all my insecurities, my fears, my issues to create the scenario for me. And the scenario isn't right. It isn't there. And everything I know about the pastor would never have said he would just ignore me or if he was upset. Because he would have talked to me if he was upset with me. So actually, it's not even logical most of the time. If we're honest, and, and I don't know about you, but you probably think of some of your judgments and maybe you're thinking of some judgments right now, the ways you've judged different things in different times in your life and you've gone, oh, that was really wrong. But actually, not only was it wrong, it was completely illogical as well. Yeah. If you stop and think about it, you're like, that doesn't even make sense. I know that person wouldn't have done that. And when they said what was going on, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> it makes way more sense. Um, another example, um, as you know, like a, a few years ago, I went through a really painful uh, process of, of getting divorced from my wife and that was a horrible experience I just I just didn't have fun let's put it that way all right you know I'm sure you can imagine it wasn't fun but I didn't want a divorce I wanted to work on my marriage and my, my wife was like I don't want to work on this I'm done and so it was really painful because you know I was not in the same place of like okay let's put this to the side and move on because I really wanted this to work 
Um, and she just was done. She'd left. She, um, she flew about, I don't know, 3,000 miles off to uh, uh, the Middle East. I mean, she was gone, right? I mean, really gone. Um, and I'm just sitting there, and, and all I am doing is judging. I am reliving every single second of every single day, every time she did X, Y, Z, every time she said this or that, I am judging thinking she did it because of this. Maybe she did it because of that. She did it because I'm not good enough at this and I wasn't attentive enough like that and I didn't do this and I didn't do that. And I am creating all these reasons why my wife has left me. And that's understandable, right? I mean, it's understandable that you go, ah, I observe that you've left me. I observe that you said you weren't happy. I'll put that to the side. And if I need any more information, I'll ask questions. No, I am sitting in my room alone, crying, and I am rethinking and creating every possible scenario myself I can. And it, and it really just, it caused way more pain than it needed to. And it's already a very painful situation. Um, and it was actually about a month later, I was reading a book um, about this topic. It's a book um, by a guy called, um, uh, James Richards, Dr. James Richards, or it might be Jim Richards, um, he goes by both, called How to Stop the Pain. And I just picked up this book, someone recommended it to me, and I was like, the title was like, that sounds good right now. <laughs> you know? yeah. And that sounds like a good book for me right now, How to Stop the Pain. I could definitely get behind that title. Um, and in it, he talks about this kind of principle, and, and I was reading it, and I was thinking, you know what, I probably am judging Sarah, and I, I would really like to have the information. And the truth is, in our conversations, I've not even listened to what she's saying because I'm so wrapped up in my judgment. I'm not even willing to hear why from her because I have a why from me. I've already decided her why. I'm, so even in her conversations, I'm half switched off going, yeah, but this, but this, but this, but this. And so I sent her an email and I said, look, I know this might not be something you want to do, but it would be really helpful for me on my journey to walk through this. And I'm not interested in uh, convincing you to get back together. I'm not interested in telling you why we should work, why we could work, or I'm not interested in giving you the 23 reasons I think we're great or the 23 reasons I think you're wrong. All I want to do is have a Skype where you tell me what's going on in your heart and you tell me what got you from where you were to where we are now. And I just want to listen. I won't even talk into Skype and we'll hang up and that's it. I just, I think it would be really helpful and I think it would be really honoring as well because I haven't listened well in this process, which you can understand. You know, it's such a hurtful thing. You don't want to listen. You just want to give your, oh, I'll worry this and this and this. And so we Skyped and, and she just told me, she just was like, hey, this is the reasons and this is this and this is this and this is this. And oh man, I cannot describe the weight that came off my shoulder just by listening to her why because all my whys were wrong. I didn't even have one why that was right. Like every scenario I created, she, and I was like, oh, so what about this? And she's like, oh no, I didn't think that ever. And I'm like, oh. And I was like, well, what, what about this situation? And she's like, no, I never thought that. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I just kept asking questions and, and allowing her to talk. And I'm like, all the pain I've been living in for a month, not all the pain, but 97% of the pain I've lived in this month, I brought on myself. And isn't that fascinating? Someone else can do something so hurtful and actually it's a fraction of the pain that I then choose to live in. Because when I judge, I heap pain on that doesn't need to be there and is probably completely make-believe anyway. Because I don't know what's going on in her heart and her mind. And you know what? I probably know this woman better than anyone else on the planet. I mean, I was married to her. You know what I mean? I really know her, but I still can't read her mind. Nobody, no matter how close you are, is a person that you can say, I know what's going on in their heart and in their mind. You might have a, an idea, but it's not going to be factually 100% correct. I guarantee it, it's impossible.
Um, I, I can give you examples of that. I'll give you a couple more as well because I really want you to see like the, the different aspects of this. But um, uh, about a year ago, or give or take, um, I had a, some issues in the family. One of my family members got really ill, and uh, and I was really upset. Like I mean, I just got this news, and it really upset me, really hurt me. Um, and uh, I think we had young adults. I think I was told on Sunday. I went to church, and I was kind of a bit of a blur, and I just kind of pushed it all down, went to church, and just was doing church and things. And we then went out and hung out in my house for young adults, and we're all having fun. And, um, and I can't remember what happened. Someone did something, and I just kind of snapped. And to be honest with you, I didn't snap that much. It was, you know, it was snappy for me. I'm, I'm a fairly chill person on the whole, but when I snap, I do snap, and it's quite... It's, it's, it's very obvious because I'm usually kind of like, oh, whatever. Um, but I don't, it wasn't like I screamed the person out or anything like that. But I kind of snapped a bit like that. Um, and what happened was the person went nuts because they were like, whoa, how dare you like, you know, snap at me like blah, blah, blah. And they just blew up. Um, and it was really funny because there was a couple of people that I told that knew what was going on and they quickly jumped on the situation and, and dissolved it because I just wasn't in a place emotionally that I could deal with it. Um, and anyway, I, I, everyone left and I just was crying afterwards. I was just, I was really upset because I had all this emotional stuff going on and everything. And then this person snapped at me um, and this person was furious for like a week. They were so, so mad at me. And I mean, I didn't even raise my voice. I just said, hey, could you not do that? I'd really appreciate it because that's kind of rude. And that's all I'd done. That was me snapping, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, but they just lost it. Um, and I was really hurt, but like they were furious that I would have the audacity to say that they were being rude or this or that. And they were really, really mad. And, and it was quite funny, but like for like a whole week, this was going on. And they were like, what do you think? Do you think I'm rude? Do you think this? Do you think this? And they just built this whole case about how much I hated them. And I really love this person, obviously. Um, and they were mad. And it was, and I couldn't really tell them what was going on with my family. My family had asked me to keep it private. And so I couldn't tell them what was going on, but they really got upset. And eventually I was like, you know, I need to deal with this. And so I sat down and was like, Look, I can't tell you what's going on, but I just had some really horrible news that day. And I just, it wasn't even about you. I was just, I was just not in the mood for anything at the, that point. And I just spoke and it, it is what it is. And yeah, I was a bit mad, but like, I wasn't overtly mad. It wasn't a big deal. It's no big deal. I, I've forgotten about it already. Um, and they were just like, oh, they were like, well, I just remembered that like about two days before we were hanging out, I had sent this text and you hadn't replied and I thought you were really mad with me about it. And then you called me rude and I just thought, oh, I've, like, he just thinks I'm uh, ignorant and this and this. And, and, and they just had built this whole case because I hadn't replied to a text that when I just said one thing, boom, it just ignited the whole thing. You know, they had just built this whole bonfire, covered it in petrol, <laughs> filled it with firelighters. And all I did was say, hey, and, you know, World War Four was started, you know, which is like the biggest thing that's ever happened. Um, and so it, it goes both ways as well. You can actually fuel someone's judgment by just not filling them in on what's going on in your life. And obviously there's times where you don't want to share everything with everyone. But at times when you see people spark and you see people and you're like, they're probably reacting out of more of a judgment and an observation. Like, so for me to say, hey, could you not do that? It's a bit rude. And someone to go nuts. That's not a normal response. That's a response where you go, uh, hold on actually, what's going on here? Why are you so mad? I, I just was saying, hey, don't be rude. And actually it was just because there's some stuff going on. And then they go, oh wow, I was thinking this. You know, we, get, we can quickly deal with the issue if we see that judgment is happening, whether it's on our side or the other person's side. We should be quick to, um, 
to notice it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just think um, it happens everywhere. It happens in every situation. It happens in every relationship. People are going to do things and you're going to want to crawl inside their heads and make the reason. Because what, what, why do we want to do it? Because it makes us feel better to know there's a reason behind someone saying something or behind someone doing something to us. When someone does something, when we get the answer, we feel better, right? And it's funny because we think this in a lot of situations. You know, it's like, um, oh, uh, my mum uh, got cancer and died. And it's like, well, why, right? And we start to go, well, now we're not going to like ask like, the mom or, or us or anything, we're pointing the finger at God, aren't we? And go, right, what is God? Why did God do that? Why, what's going on? And it's because we have this innate desire in us to know why people do things, why things happen, why this is going on. And the fun, funny thing is, often the answer to why doesn't actually help anyway. You know, why is typically a very poor question to ask. Um, because often there is no answer to why, especially in a situation like that anyway. A better question is to ask, like, you know, what should I do next? <laughs> How should I respond? You know, these are good questions because actually I'm in control of that. Why is a, control, is a question that has no control in it anyway. It has no responsibility on my part, regardless of the answer. Um, and so we, we have this innate desire to ask the question why. And so when someone hurts us, when someone says something mean, we immediately start questioning, well, why are they doing it? And, and we answer those questions because it makes us feel better, but it doesn't make us feel better. Most of the time, it makes us feel worse. It's very rare that someone is, uh, uh, says something rude to us and we go, ah, well, it's probably just because uh, they, um, they're having a bad day and they really, really like me, but they just happen to have a bad day and there's nothing in it. That's very rare we come to that conclusion. Sometimes we do, but most of the time we come to the conclusion of, well, it's because uh, they don't like me or because you know, they've always thought I was stupid or because they, uh, they think they're better than me. Or, you know, these are the sort of crazy things that we start to answer the why with, not the, oh, they're just having a bad day or, oh, you know, there's probably a situation going on that I don't know about it. Very rare do we jump to that conclusion. Okay, so the reason that we, um, One of the reasons we also want to know the why is because the world revolves around us. I think we often forget just how selfish we really are, you know, and I know that there's an element of, you know, I don't want to speak this over you that you're a selfish person or anything like that. I'm not even saying it in a bad way, okay? So there's a, selfish, a selfishness that's, 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 um, that's sinful, that you were called to be selfless, to think of others and all that so, you know, so hear me right when I'm saying selfishness is, is not a good thing, but there's, a, there's an innate natural selfishness that is not a bad thing. It just is the way it is. Like, you need to think of yourself first, you know, and, and that's just natural and it's just healthy. It's, it's important that you feed yourself before you feed anyone else. It's important that you put the mask on your face before you put the mask on the person next to you in the airplane because you'll pass out and no one gets a mask on their face. You know, like, it, you, it's, it's natural to think of yourself, to put yourself first in many ways because the healthier you are, the more healthy you can be for the people around you. And so there's a natural selfishness. Um, you know, there's a selfishness, you know, there's a, there's a funny... Um, uh, sickness is quite an interesting thing. I can't remember what the name of it is, um, but it's, it's a sickness that basically detaches your, yourself from yourself and you almost see yourself as a third party. Um, and so what happens is you kind of remove yourself from your life and you see your life as like almost a separate thing. You're almost watching yourself live. And so what happens is right now, you are the main character in your play, aren't you? Let's be honest, right? So if we were to, if your life was a movie, it would be The Rose Show. And it would be, you know, uh, 
starring Rose, you know, number one, and then, you know, like co-starring and then maybe like some people that are close to you, your, your husband, you know, your family, you know, maybe Andy sitting next to you. But, but ultimately, there's like, you know, stranger number eight in coffee shop. You don't really care about stranger number eight in coffee shop. You don't really know anything about them. The next day after you leave the coffee shop, they could be hit by a bus and you wouldn't even know and it wouldn't be in your movie. Right? Because it's your show and it's where you are. The, the important scenes are the rooms you're in right now, you know? And, and so we all really, if we're honest, revolve around us. That our life revolves around us. Our life doesn't revolve around anyone else. Even our partners are the co-star in our show. You know, it's not about them, it's about me, and they're lucky enough to be in my show. <laughs> um, and I say that in a jokey way, um, and, and you know, and in some ways, of course, we're selfless and we lay our lives down for our partners and for our friends and for our loved ones. Of course, like, I'm not removing any of that, but I'm just saying there's a natural element, isn't there, where we, we revolve around ourselves and we think about ourselves. And, and so what happens is when someone else does something to you, why did they do it? Because they're on my show. It obviously is about me, right? Because well, it's my life is about me and the world is about me and everything is about me. And so that person over there that um, was rude to me was rude to me because they are thinking about me the whole time and every decision they make is about me, and, right? And there's this amazing ability. So that, that disease, that, um, or not disease, but that, that illness, uh, a mental illness, that allows you to detach and you just see your life from above. It suddenly... Um, it reframes everything because all of a sudden you're not the center of the show. You're just one in seven and a half billion people. And everyone is just the same. They all have their own show and you are absolutely irrelevant to the majority of them. Because odds are for a lot of them, you are random stranger on other sides of the planet, 2,422, right? I mean, they don't care about you. And yet if we're, I, I, do you want to know how we can say we're so selfish, you know, that the world revolves around us so much? Is that when someone else does something and it hurts you, the fact we think it's about us just highlights how much we think about ourselves, right? Like when someone walks by you and ignores you and you go, that was all about me. They're upset about me. They, they don't like me anymore. They're really mad that I did this. The fact that we're thinking that just highlights how selfish we are, right? Because the odds are, they weren't thinking of you at all. They were thinking about themselves because we're all thinking about ourselves all the time, right? And so that pastor that was walking by, he wasn't thinking about me. He wasn't thinking, oh, there's Phil. I'll just ignore him because he's not important or, you know, or because I'm busy. He's, he's thinking, oh my gosh, that family, that was so stressful. I've not had any sleep. How am I going to do this sermon? I just, right? I mean, that's what he's thinking of. He's thinking about himself. And so we would do well when we jump to judgment to remember that other people are wrapped up in their own lives. You know that nine out of 10 things that people do to hurt you, they didn't even think about you. They were thinking about themselves. You might have been involved in that thought process on some level, but they were wrapped up in their own thought process about themselves. And if we just remember that one fact, we would remember that most things people do to us were not about us anyway. Most things people say to us were not about us either. It was just them doing their life and we got caught up in it. And so it's not to say it doesn't have effects. It's not to say we shouldn't be aware of that. It's not to say we shouldn't be conscious of how we do things and speak. Obviously, we should be as loving and careful as possible. But when people do things that we feel are unloving, we should be quick to go, it was probably not about me. And if it was, that's, that's okay. We can deal with it. But 
I'm not going to conclude immediately that it was all about me because that's not healthy. And it causes me a lot of pain to presume the other person's doing it to spite me or to hurt me or to upset me. You know, <laughs> we're going to have time afterwards. We're going to spend a bit of time of reflection as well. And so um, I am kind of, in some ways, w w winding up as well. Um, this is huge, though. Can you see, in some ways, the implications of this and, and how, we, how we live in it so much in so many ways? Um, you know, I, I love computer games. I grew up playing computer games. Um, and when you play a computer game, you, you spend hours creating your own character and making it just the way you want to make it. And then it goes into this world, right? And there's a world of characters everywhere. Um, and those characters, for the most part, are completely irrelevant to you, right? I mean, whether they live or die doesn't matter, does it? You're like, who cares, right? Because I'm all about my character. If I live or die, that's important. But the other characters, you don't mind. It's, it's amazing to me. Um, and they're called, so there's, there's, there's completely irrelevant characters that are all over the place. And then there's characters that you interact with. You know, those, those are the people that are maybe more important. But you could still pull out your sword and cut their head off or shoot them in the face or whatever. And you would be like, it's just a, it's just a character. It doesn't matter, does it? Um, and, and I think that is a very comical and over-dramatized uh, way of describing it. But this is kind of what we live in. There are people out there that we never meet, we never see. They're just people that walk down a street or whatever. And, and we don't really care about them. Okay? Now, we care about them in a sense of, well, we care about all people and we really love people and we want people to know they're loved, and absolutely, but until we actually go and speak to them, we probably aren't very connected to them and there's no reason to care about them. But then there's another detached level, isn't there, where it's like, well, yeah, but I still don't think about them the same way I think about myself. I'm still not thinking of them 24-7, wrapping my mind about, I'm not making all my decisions based on them. I'm still making most of my decisions based on me, even if it's how do I go and speak to that person how do I love that person? How do I? It's all filtered through me. Um, and so, yeah, anyway, that's, it's kind of a size. Anyway, I'm not going to go down there. So I don't think the way that you think, but I think you think I think the way I think. <laughs> Very complex. <laughs> So I'm looking at you and I think, you think the same way that I think. So do you, and so do you, and so do you, and so do you, right? And it's such, a, it's such a ridiculous thing to think that anyone else has the same thought process that I do, right? Because we don't. Like in, and it doesn't take long. You talk to anybody. You sit down for coffee and you talk to someone. And you're like, wow, that's a different way to think about things. And there's lots of ways we think the same and that's what we spark on, isn't it? We look, oh, you think like that? I think like that, that's so cool, you know? Because I thought I was the only one in some ways, right? But when someone does something wrong, we evaluate the situation. So the person walks past me and I go, right, if I was walking down the aisle church and someone said hi to me, well, I'd say hi back. Even if I was busy or like, you know, whatever, I'd say hi. And so we're now thinking that they would think exactly the same way. Not only that, we're now creating the scenario. Well, obviously I know how they've, spent the last five hours. I know how they spent the last 24 hours. I know their life. I know, and, and, and the truth is we just don't know those things. We don't know how other people think. But what's interesting about it is we then start to read our flaws into other people. So if you think like I think, what if I'm a gossiper? What if I like to gossip? So when you 
are talking to someone over in the corner, whispering away, what do I think you think? You're gossiping because you think like I think, and I would be gossiping if I was in the corner whispering away with that person, right? If I have control issues and I like to control people and make sure that they're, you know, they're doing what I want to do, um, and a leader comes up and asks me to do something, ah, you think like I think, so you are controlling me. Because if I was asking someone what to do, I'd be trying to control them to make sure they don't do X, Y, and Z. Now, does that leader have control issues? Maybe. I mean, you might, boom, nail on the head. You might be right, but it's, it's by chance that you're right. It's not because you had some wise insight. It's because you're reading your insecurities. Into it. We talked about Sean Bolt's uh, phone call. Remember the guy called him up and says, you know, you've got issues with your father and that's going to affect your prophetic ministry. And he's just like, I've got no issues with my father. My father and I have a really good relationship. He's like, how's your relationship with your father? And he's like, oh, well, actually, I have all those issues. <laughs> and it did affect my prophetic ministry. And I guess I was actually just thinking I didn't want you to go through the same thing. We... We read our stuff into other people. So if we're spending time thinking for other people, when we see what they do and we cr crawl in their head and try and decide how they did it, we have to be aware that we're probably going to read our own stuff into it as well. Which can be really good sometimes. You know what? If you're going to be gracious and blessing and amazing, that's fine. Great. Um, I still think it's wrong to judge. Even if you're right or even if you're wrong in a good way, it's wrong to judge. You just shouldn't judge people. Leave it at observation. Look at the fruit and go, huh, you did that. That's fine. Okay, I know that. If it really hurts me, if it really causes me pain, I'll go and ask you, why did you do that? You can get the answer to your why anytime you want. Go and ask the person, why did you do that? But you don't get the answer to the why on your own or with your mate bickering about it in the pub afterwards. You know, because that's another thing we do, isn't it? We, we, we might get in our own heads, but then we sit down with our friend and we dial up, you know, and they did this and it's because of this and this and this and this. And how much of that is true? Probably most of it isn't, right? Because all we actually have the story to tell is, oh, I was at church and this guy walked right past me and didn't say hi. That's the end of the story, really. But we can make that story last half an hour with our friends and they're, they're judging as well. And they, didn't even, they weren't even there and they're adding their judgments to it. Oh, it's probably because, you know, like this and this and this and he's always had a problem with you and, you know. What's going on? Um, and so we, 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 we create a little judgment party where everyone suffers. Um, so here's, here's the brutal truth, okay? You are a selfish being. And I don't mean that in a condemning, sinfully selfish. You know, I think you're very selfless people. All, each and every one of you has done things for me and has been very, and I've seen you do things for other people and lay your life down in different ways and serve. And so I'm not saying anything about that, but you are a selfish person because you're human. You think of yourself first. That's what the, the monologue in your head goes through your life. It's, it's about my life and how people are interacting with me. That's, that's the reality. There's nothing you can do about that. And, and I don't think you should do anything about that. That's okay. That's just the way we were made to be. We were made to live from ourselves out. But what does it mean? It means that almost every single problem you have with other people is your problem. Again. Almost every single problem you have with other people is your problem. You have the problem. It's your problem. That person walked by me and they really upset me. That is your problem. 
How are you going to deal with that problem? You can go, ah, well, people walk by some people sometimes and move on. Or you can go, no, I really can't get over it. And you can go speak to that person and ask why and fix the problem. But either way, it's your problem. Or you can sit on your own and go, well, because they did this and this and this and this, and now it really is your problem. Because <laughs> you've created it into a whole new problem, right? That, doesn't, that isn't even the problem. And it's going to create new problems, because now when you see that person again, you're going to go and speak to them thinking they hate you. When actually they're going, man, why is this person being so weird? Right? Because they don't even know they did anything. So not only is every problem you have with other people your problem, almost every situation you are in is your problem. I'm not saying it's your fault, but it's your problem. It's not anyone else's problem. It's your problem. And again, you choose to deal with it. See, you only have absolute control over one thing. You don't have absolute control over other people at all. You're lucky if you have a tiny amount of control over other people, right? I mean, other people are hard to control. If you, if you have control issues, and I've had a few in the past, you'll find that it's very frustrating and it's not easy to do. You can't control other people because they're individual agents. Uh, so you can't control other people. And guess what? You can't control your circumstances either. To some degree, you might be able to. You know, I could, I don't know, I could stop my house burning down by switching the oven off before I leave and putting out that candle. But actually, oh no, freak hazard, it got hit by lightning and it started a fire and the whole house is burned down by the time I get home. You can't control that. I mean, that's, you know, and so circumstances you can try and influence, but you can't control every circumstance in your life. You just can't. The only thing you control is you. And you have three options at every moment where you find a problem. <laughs> you catch enough of your notes. <laughs> You've got three options, okay? So someone does something and it creates a problem, or something happens and it creates a problem. You have three options. You either change for the better, you change for the worse, or you do nothing. That's your options. So, uh, your mum dies. What are you going to do? Are you going to change for the better? Are you going to go, okay, God, how do I grow? How do I develop? How do I walk through this? How do I grieve properly? How do I learn to process? Or are you going to change for the worse? Are you going to go, well, God, I hate you and I'm bitter about it and I'm really angry and I'm upset and I hate the people around me because they didn't do the right thing to support me, blah, blah, blah. Or are you going to do nothing and just sit there and go, well, I'm not going to do anything. You know, or, or something much more menial, the pastor walks past you. Do you go, I'm going to change for the better. I'm going to actually choose to rise above that and go, you know, I'm, I'm a big enough person to go, it's not that big a deal that someone doesn't say hi to me. Or change for the better and go, hey, I'm going to talk to this person and dialogue and get closer to the person and not further away. Because actually, talking to that pastor, hearing how bad his, his, uh, his night was, I got to, I can't remember, but like, I could have prayed for him. I could have like, you know, encouraged him. I could have said, you know, like, that's amazing of you to do that for that family. You know, it would have changed me for the better to dialogue and to connect with that person. Or I could change for the worse. I could be like, well, that person's an ass. I hate him. I don't want to talk to him ever again. What an arrogant, like hypocritical pastor telling us to love people and be there for each other. And he doesn't even say, hi, I'm leaving this church. And you know, that would not be a healthy change. Or I can sit and do nothing. And I can sit there and go, mm -hmm. like, you, but you have those three options. You change for the better, you change for the worse, or you do nothing. And I'd like to propose changing for the better is a good course. You know, it's a really good idea. But you can't change the circumstance and you can't change the person. 
that, that is completely outside of your control. But that's typically our go-to response, is we want to, how do I change the situation? How do I change that person? So, and this is where we'll end, and then we'll, we'll go into some Q&A. How do we, so how do we do this well? How, do, how does this work? How do we live life in, in, a, in a way of not judging, of not judging other people? How, how do we do that? Because it's all nice to say, well, this is how, uh, how it should be. We shouldn't judge people. We should just observe, and then we should like, you know, change for the better and do all these things. But that's kind of hard, right? I mean, because especially if you spent as long as I have judging people, it's really hard to break that habit. Um, we have to learn to recognize the difference between observing and judging and recognize when we cross that line. So that line that says they did that versus why they did that. It's really okay. Like I said, it, it, you know, if, uh, I don't know, if your wife has an affair, it's okay to go, you had an affair. That's not okay. That's, that's observing, you know? That's not judging. It's not, you know, if someone uh, kills your whole family, that's not judgment. You go, go, you're a murderer. I'm just judging you. No, 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 you're observing. They murdered my entire family. That's, a no, that's an observation, okay? If someone's mean to you and they say, uh, you know, like, whatever, they say something really horrible, you're a terrible employee, I hate you, you know, like, I wish I'd never hired you, you can observe that they're a bit upset <laughs> or they're, they're not your biggest fan. That's an observation. You're not judging them. You're not going into their deepest, darkest motives. You're just saying, wow, they don't like me. I think that's a fair assessment if they're screaming out and saying all these horrible things. But when you judge, when we start to go, what's going on inside? That's when we, when we find we've got pain, we've got suffering. We, we, we add a whole bunch of new diet and we create a world that doesn't even exist and then choose to live in it. And so we need to draw the line and, quick, and be quick to call ourselves out and go, ah, I'm judging. I'm judging again. And it's okay. You're going to do that. Like, you know, there's, there's grace for it. There's forgiveness. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not that, you know, you're going to do this for the rest of your life, but you're learning. It's, it's, a, it's a journey. It's, it's learning. It's like a toddler falling over. You don't go, you fell over. You suck. Never try to walk again. You just go, okay, that's fine. You're going to fall over. Try again. Um, and in the same way, God is, is more than happy to walk with us on this journey of learning. Am I judging? Am I observing? It's a good question to ask God. God, am I judging right now? Because it feels like I'm observing. Because oftentimes it's hard to tell the difference as well. You feel like you're observing, but actually you go, mm, actually, if I stop and evaluate this, yeah, I am probably judging. Because actually that didn't happen. And it's hard to know what happened, right? Because you don't ever re remember the, the incident. There's an interesting uh, element between behind human memory that we have never, uh, we only remember the incidents once. You've never remembered anything more than once. What you remember after that is the memory you had. And so uh, as a kid, you fell over in the sandpit and you hurt your knee and you remember that, right? No, you remember the last time you thought of that. And that was the last time you thought of that. And that was the last time you thought of that. And far enough back, then you remember the instance. But you only remember it once. And so what happens is each time you have a memory, it can change. That's how people can be so convinced of something happened. Um, you can go into a crime scene with two people um, that have seen something. And it's, it's actually a big, big thing for, um, for detectives and investigators not to have people re recount the story multiple times because what happens is each time you recount it, the details change and they morph and they get exaggerated or they diminish because they're not remembering the incident that actually happened. And so it, I could live out that 
pastor walking past me and sit at home and rethink it over and over and over again. But each time I think of it, it gets more exaggerated, more ridiculous, more whatever. And my judgments start to become what I observed. So instead of him ignoring me, he ignored me and smirked or whatever, you know, I mean, because that's my judgment. He doesn't like me anymore. So I, I remember him looking a certain way or acting a certain way or, well, but he said hi to three other people. He didn't, but you know, I'm, I'm starting to um, twist my memory, twist what's going on. Um, so not only do we need to learn the difference, but we need to learn to confront the difference. So when we are judging, we need to come against it. So what I find is when we're judging, is, is it okay to observe? And actually, sometimes you observe things, and you're like, that's no big deal, whatever. You know, there's, there's, so for every situation where you judge, there's probably 20 situations that happen every day um, that you don't care about. Right? I mean, something happens and you could choose to judge it and get in their heads and figure out why, 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 but you don't really care, right? You're just like, well, who cares? That just happened. Like, we'll move on. So it's not to say that every situation in your life you judge. It's just certain ones you choose to make a big deal of because they are a big deal to you. But when we make a big deal of something, we need to come against it. We need to push into it. We need to lean into it. And the first question we need to ask is, why is this a big deal to me? Because that will reveal a lot about yourself. So. First things first, make it about you, not the other person. Why does this bother me so much? Why do I feel the need to have the answer to why? Because actually, most of the time, you'll get to the root of what's going on inside and you'll find, I don't need to know why anymore because it's just not a big deal anymore. But if it's still a big deal, that's okay. That's, it's okay. I mean, it's okay for something to really hurt you and you to be upset and, and you not be able to figure it out on your own and get through it on your own. Um, at that point, we confront the person. We go and speak to the person and we go, hey, when you said this, I kind of got a bit upset and it's maybe, you know, I'm reading into it and doing whatever, I don't know, but I feel that you had something behind that and I would really love to know what did you mean when you said that? Are you upset with me? Are you angry with me? Did I do something? I'd really like to know because I don't want this relationship to be uh, broken and I don't want to be judging why you did it. I'd rather just know so we can talk about it. That's a really healthy and okay thing to do. and. Nine times out of 10, the person will turn around and go, oh, yeah, I didn't even think about you. <laughs> like, I wasn't thinking about how you take that or, you know, it was just, I said it, I just said it. Um, nine times out of 10, people just, they're not trying to spite you and to hurt you and upset you. Sometimes they are. Sometimes, you know, there will be that time, one out of 10 or whatever the percentages are, they'll say, oh yeah, you really, really pissed me off last week and I'm really angry and, and I was kind of just, I took it out on you because, you know, I can't take it anymore, I'm so mad. And, and that's okay. And you go, oh, wow, let's deal with it. Let's forgive. Let's talk to each other. Let's, you know, reconcile, whatever that looks like. But talking is always the key. Like anytime you need to ask why, anytime you feel the need to judge, you ask yourself why, why do I need this answer? What's going on in me? And then if that doesn't work, you ask the other person why. Because asking yourself why they did it is not healthy. Because even if you're right, you end up being wrong. Even if you're right, you end up distancing yourself from that person and creating a relationship with them that doesn't exist. Instead, asking them why draws you closer. And so I just think it's, it's never healthy to do it. We're gonna do it, like it's natural for us to do it, but being quick to do it. The other thing as well, like it's, it's important we listen to understand in this dynamic as well because it's really easy if we are judging to bring that to the conversation. So if I'm stepping to judgment and, oh, they did that because they don't like me and because of this and because of that, 
when I do finally go, oh man, I need to talk to them. I need to get to the bottom of this. When we ask why, we've already got this baggage. We've already created this stuff that's in their head that isn't in their head. And so we need to be able to quickly go, right, I need to put this to the side. I'm not gonna believe what I'm making up about this person and I'm going to solely listen. A bit like that story with, that I told about Sarah, like I'm not gonna listen to all the stuff that I've created, all this pain I've made for myself. I'm putting it to the side and I just want to hear what they're saying. Because the thing as well is, even when someone is wrong about you, um, in the way that they have seen what you did or what you d did, on some level it's real for them. Yeah, in the same way that it's real for us. When we ask, why does this hurt me? It could be, wow, you have some insecurity issues or you have a need for acceptance or you have rejection issues. That's real, those issues are real. And so the way it hurt was very real. And so the same way when someone else gets hurt by us, it's very real for them. The reason might be completely crazy. You know, when, they, when you talk to them and they go, yeah, I'm really angry with you because you have been mean to me all week. And you're like, I haven't thought about you for like three weeks, right? You know, like, but, but I've been mean to you all week. And it's like, you've got stuff you need to work on, but I can help you and I can release you by going, actually, no, I, I didn't think at all about you. Like, I mean, there was no, there was no malice in my heart whatsoever towards you. Um, Let's talk about that. Like, if you've got something going on that would make you feel like I would be mean to you? And, and we get to help people on their journey through judgment as well. Because actually what you find is, typically when you're gonna judge someone, they're probably in the same place where they're gonna judge you, right? I mean, it's, it's a two-way street. And so we get to dialogue through that and, and make sure people aren't uh, living judging us and, and suffering the judgment that we have for them. Because all that, it's in poor communication that judgment exists. Judgment exists where there isn't a dialogue. Where you're not communicating, judgment will always arise. So when I'm not talking to you about how life is going, what's going on, how our relationship is, all that different stuff, that's where judgment can pop up because I don't know how you feel about me. I don't know how close we are. I don't know how well we're doing. And so I'm going to start allowing my insecurities and my hurts and my pains to start painting that picture for me. So constantly making it your goal to connect, to be connected, to work through any issues that are creating disconnect is absolutely key. I think, I've got a few notes here, I'm just trying to figure out if I go into any of them. I guess I'll finish with this. I think one of the things I'd love to see is a community and a culture that doesn't allow judgment. So there's one thing that we work on ourselves um, and we dialogue with one another and things like that, but what does it look like when we do sit down for coffee with a friend and they go, oh, well, you know, uh, my wife did this and this is going on and blah, 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 or, oh, my friend did this and this is what I think is going on and I think it's just because of this. What does it look like for us to not engage in that and to go, hey, what actually happened? Because the rest sounds like you're judging. Do you need to go to that person and talk to them? Like, what does that look like? Because I think that, looks a lot more healthy than allowing judgment to exist. Because I think there's, it, it's, it's, 
easy enough when we're sitting in our room on our own, rethinking and rehashing the day. We, we create all these judgments and do that. that that's, that's easy because you're alone. But it shouldn't be easy when we're with other people. But I think it is. And I think I'm, I'm as big a part of the problem as, as other people because I allow other people to articulate their judgments and engage, and, and I even engage with their judgments. You know, I'll be like, oh yeah, I think that too. I thought that a couple of times. And so now my judgment and their judgment somehow makes it right. Of course it doesn't, right? Because neither of us know what's going on in that person's head. And so I think, um, you know, the young adults, we've had it for quite a while, um, that anytime someone steps into judgment, we just be like, judgment. It's just funny, right? Because we're, but we're not judging. We're observing that someone is judging. We're like, did did that actually happen? I'm like, oh no, that's just how I felt. You know, and it's like, oh, interesting. So what are you going to do, right? And put it back in a court. What are you going to do? Are you going to change for the better, change for the worse, or do nothing? Thank you for listening to the Destiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.